Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. At our church, we have people repeat a prayer who want to place their faith in Christ. Jesus did all the hard part. He did everything but pray your prayer. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me right now. Just say these words with me. You can say those words every day for the rest of your life and die and be separated from God. The scripture does not say that Jesus Christ came to the nation of Israel and said that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, who would like to ask me into their hearts? It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's the beauty of America that allows a, a firefighter's kid like me to come here and serve in this sacred chamber where great men and women have served before all of us and strive together to build and then preserve what Lincoln did refer to as the last best hope of man on earth. This is Wretched Radio, and that is the voice of a fellow that might just stir you to be obedient to New Testament command to pray for those in authority. No doubt it's a little bit of a challenge when the people who are in authority aren't all that godly, but by all accounts, the brand new elected Speaker of the House, Representative Mike Johnson, an R from L.A., is a born-again believer. And if you have not prayed heretofore, For your leaders, this is a guy we need to be praying for because I'm telling you, he is going to get it. He already is from all sides. Why? Because as you're about to hear, he is not shy when it comes to speaking about God, the Bible, his Christian faith, and the morals that flow out of it, and his desire to lead in a way that is reflective of his biblical values. That means Dude's going to be in the scope. And we should be thanking God that he has answered some prayers. Have you been praying for godly rulers? Well, here's one right now. We, we go. So thank you, Lord, for a godly leader. And we rejoice in that. Now, we don't put our hope in that, but we're grateful for the good that he'll be able to do. And he most certainly will. He is very anti trans surgery for children, which makes him, of course, a barbarian. Can you believe this guy? He's so conservative. He doesn't want children under the age of 10 to make decisions about mutilating their own bodies. He's a monster, so says the press. Furthermore, because he believes there's two genders, He believes in the sanctity of marriage to the point where he's actually in something you've probably never heard about, and that is a covenant marriage. The state of Louisiana, there's one or two other states, I think Arizona and maybe Oklahoma, they actually have something that you can opt into. You don't have to be married like this in the state of Louisiana. But Mike Johnson and his wife elected to be in a covenant marriage. And of course, the people who report on it, can you believe it? It's a religiously influenced legal agreement that makes it harder to get a divorce. These people are out of their minds. What an upside down world we live in. They actually, they want to stay married. What is the matter with them? Under Louisiana state law, a couple sign a document in which they agree to seek marital counseling before getting a divorce. I mean, how stupid are these people to get outside help before calling it quits? Oh, yeah, wait, sorry. Used to do that until we lost our minds as a nation. Couples can only get divorced on a limited set of grounds, including adultery. That's biblical. 
If one another committed a felony or faces imprisonment, uh, you might be able to call that abandonment, but maybe not. Physical or sexual abuse. Other than that, you're staying married. Get it sorted. Figure it out. What a difference that understanding might make in, in our country. If people realized, if you do this, you ain't getting out. Easy. There's going to be some... I think two reasons that you can biblically. But other than that, you're in it. Do you think that might help resolve some arguments over whether or not they should get regular butter that's on sale or spend the extra to get Kelly Gold butter from Ireland? I think it might. And Mike Johnson and his wife, who, by the way, said it told me that he really wants this to work for forever. That's the new Speaker of the House, who is also very pro-life and by all accounts is a born-again Christian. That means we better be praying for this guy. He's going he's gonna to take some heat. We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good for the entire world. Both sides of the aisle stand up on that one, <laughs> but not all of them. By the way, Mike Johnson is known as being an individual who is definitely a conservative with his convictions, but he's rather gracious. And I think you hear that. He said nice things about some Democrats, his desire to work together, even though they're going to fight for their conservative convictions. Now, the, the guy does seem to be one of those Christians that has his act together and yet is quite pleasant. And I think you, you hear that even when the man speaks. We, we are the beacon of freedom and we must preserve this grand experiment in self-governance. It still is. We're only 247 years into this grand experiment. We don't know how long it will last, yeah. but we do know that the founders, to take, the founders told us to take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I, I believe that scripture, uh -oh. the Bible is <clears throat> very... Uh oh, oh, oh! He's quoting the Bible in the house, which I know it has some Bible verses on the wall and a picture of Moses. But oh, no, the guy's quoting the Bible. The Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that scripture, the Bible is very clear that, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it. And to ensure that our republic remains standing as the great beacon of light and hope and freedom in a world that desperately needs it. And both sides applaud. Nope, just one side. A couple on the other side stood up, but not everybody. Which, by the way, the, the left side, it was a little sparse in attendance, observationally. It was in 1962, in 1962, that, that our national motto, In God We Trust, was ad adorned above this rostrum. <laughs> Wait, 
He just said the name of God because it's on the walls. And if you look at the little uh, guide that they give uh, tourists and constituents who come and, and, and visit the house, if you turn in there to about page 14 in the middle of that guide, it tells you the history of this. And it says very simply, these words were placed here above us. This motto was placed here as a rebuke of the Cold War era philosophy of the Soviet Union. That philosophy was Marxism and communism which begins with the premise that there is no God. This is a critical distinction that is also articulated in our nation's birth certificate. We know the language well, the famous second paragraph that we used to have children memorize yeah. in school and, and they don't do that so often anymore. Mm, no, they, they don't. G.K. Chesterton was the famous British philosopher and statesman and he said one time, America is the only nation in the world that is founded upon a creed. And he said it's listed with almost theological lucidity in the Declaration of Independence. What is our creed? We hold these truths to be self-evident. Wow. Wow. This, this guy is articulate. He's gracious. And he is not scared about talking about God. That all men are created equal, not born equal, created equal. And they are endowed by the, the same inalienable rights, with the same inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That is, the, that is the creed that has animated our nation since its founding, that has made us the great nation that we are. And we're in a time of extraordinary crisis right now. And the world needs us to be strong. They need us to remember our creed and our admonition. Turmoil and violence have rocked the Middle East and Eastern Europe. We all know it. And tensions continue to build in the Indo-Pacific. The country demands strong leadership of this body, and we must not waver. Our, our, our nation's greatest ally in the Middle East is under attack. The first bill that I'm going to bring to this floor in just a little while will be in support of our dear, dear friend Israel, and we're overdue in getting that done. Wow. Wow. And in this instance, both sides did stand up, but not for everything when he talked about fiscal responsibility. And reigning government in so that it is not as expansive and as involved in every little minutia of our lives. They didn't stand for that, which means the man's in for a battle. We know that because this is more than a political skirmish. This is a theological issue. We're dealing with people who are trying to be godly. And even those who don't believe that are attempting to try to uphold some biblically informed values are facing a whole lot of dark. And it's not just inside the chamber, it's outside press with, with these globalists. We have ourselves a godly elected House Speaker. Perhaps now it is time for us to pray for those in authority. This is Wretched Radio. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> 
please take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know that feeling you get when you discover something so amazing you just can't keep it to yourself? Well, that's how we feel about the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're on a mission to share that good news with millions of people all over the world. And we are grateful for your support when you listen to or view our resources and programs like Wretched, Road Trip to Truth, and Transformed. But we need your help to do even more. Would you prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Don't worry, we're not going to waste your money on buying jets or anything like that. In fact, 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. And becoming a gospel partner is so easy. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 and join our efforts in reaching millions with the gospel all over the world. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. You are one of the people who supported our joint effort with the Masters Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people. You're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of gospel partners. This will help me in my daily study of God's Word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord as well as my service to the Lord in my my family and my church ministries. How encouraging is that? By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. You can learn more about the Masters Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash Pastor. Know your reformers. Ulrich Zwingli was a Swiss reformer who pioneered expository preaching, introduced the regulative principle, and brought a republican government to Switzerland. He fought against the Roman Catholic Church for theological and political independence and died in battle. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. <laughs> this is honestly just a little bit embarrassing. This is Wretched Radio. Perhaps you've heard the good news. Representative Mike Johnson from Louisiana, a born-again believer, has been elected the Speaker of the House. In his speech to both sides of the aisle, I just, Jimmy, this is it's embarrassing. He actually mentioned us. Oh, yeah. We're going to show not only Israel, but the entire world that the barbarism of Hamas that we have all seen play out on our television screens is wretched and wrong. And we are going to stand for the good in that conflict. There it is. Yeah. I'm I just... 
titty hafta. <laughs> That's just little old us here. That's the voice of Representative Mike Johnson. If you haven't heard his acceptance speech or whatever they call this thing, it's worth a listen. He's a man who has firm convictions based in his Christian faith. And that makes him an enemy of a lot of people. Not for the least of which reasons would be his support of Israel. We, we have a catastrophe at our southern border. The Senate and the White House can no longer ignore the problem. From Texas to New York, wave after wave of illegal migrants are stressing our communities to their breaking points. We, we know that our streets are being flooded with fentanyl and all of our communities, children, and even adults are dying from it. The status quo is unacceptable. Inaction is unacceptable. And we must come together and address the broken border. We have to do it. Does the left side stand up on this one? <laughs> nope. Only those on the right. <laughs> this dude's in for it. The skyrocketing cost of living is unsustainable and Americans should not have to worry about how they're going to feed their family every week because they can't afford their groceries anymore. Everybody in this room should think about this. Here's the stats. Prices have increased over 17% in the last two years. I got to tell you, I don't think that stat is accurate. I, I think it's, it's astronomically higher. If our grocery bill is any indicator... It's doubled, frankly. Credit card interest rates are at the highest level in nearly three decades, and mortgage rates are now at a peak we haven't seen since 2001. We have to bring relief to the American people by reining in federal spending uh -oh. and bringing down inflation. Oh! Not even a clap from that side of the aisle. Nothing! The greatest threat to our national security is our nation's debt. And while we've been sitting in this room, that's right. Not much enthusiasm there was there. The national debt, we used to talk about it all the time. I don't know if you recall, but no more. It just doesn't seem to be a concern. Well, actually, it should be. And it should be Christians who say that is not the way to run a household. That's not the way to run a nation. Nevertheless, half the people in the chamber clapped. The left side, not so much. It's just a reminder. This is more than politics. This is worldview. This is not just a skirmish over who gets to have the most power. Oh, it's definitely that. But it's all informed by worldview. And while we've been sitting in this room, that's right. The debt has crossed almost $33.6 trillion. And the time that it's going to take me to, to deliver this speech will go up another $20 million in wow. debt. Wow. It's unsustainable. Wow. We have to get the country back on track. Now, we know this is not going to be an easy task and tough decisions will have to be made. But the consequences, if we don't act now, are unbearable. We have a duty to the American people to explain this to them so they understand it well. And we're going to establish a bipartisan debt commission to begin working on this crisis immediately. Yay. Immediately. Yay. Uh, doesn't look very bipartisan. Nobody's standing on the left. <laughs> Just spend more! More programs! We all know that we also live in a time of bitter partisanship. It was noted. And it's been on display here today. Right? When our people 
are losing their faith in government, when, when, when they're losing sight of the principles that made us the greatest nation in the history of the world. I think we gotta be mindful of that. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight uh, vigorously over our core principles because they're at odds a lot of times now in this modern era. We have to sacrifice sometimes our preferences because that's what's necessary in a legislative body. But we will defend our core principles to the end. In his farewell address, thank you. <laughs> in his farewell address, President uh, Reagan uh, explained the secret of his rapport with people. And, and I like to paraphrase his explanation all the time. He said, you know, they call me the great communicator, but I really wasn't that. He said, I was just communicating great things and they're the same great things that they've guided our nation since its founding. What are those great things? I call them the seven core principles of American conservatism, but let me concede to you all. Before he gets to that list, ask yourself as he cites these seven from memory, are these biblical informed ideologies? I think it's really quintessentially the core principles of our nation. I boil them down to individual freedom, limited government, the rule of law, peace through strength, fiscal responsibility, free markets, and human dignity. Those, those are the foundations that made us the extraordinary nation that we are. And you and I today are the stewards of those principles. The things that have made us the freest, most powerful, most successful nation in the history of the world. The things that have made us truly exceptional. That is Representative Mike Johnson. Laying it down, my encouragement, be praying for this fellow because the war, it is great and we're seeing it all over, aren't we? Let me take you uh, to Canada for a moment. And did you know that the Canadian armed forces are now banning public prayers in the name of inclusion? That's kind of funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's not a joke. It's essential for chaplains, this is Canada, to adopt a sensitive and inclusive approach when publicly addressing military members. The Brigadier General Chaplain who signed the directive said spiritual reflection henceforth must be inclusive in nature and respectful of the religious and spiritual diversity of Canada. Now, as I read this directive, I'm asking myself, what does this look like exactly? Chaplains that can actually invoke what they believe. Hey, welcome to the gathering, everybody. We are going to look up or down, depending on where your deity resides. I mean, or goddess, whatever it is that you think that's maybe some semblance of power. I'm not saying evolution is wrong or anything. I'm just saying that there could be, you know, possibly don't want to impose my values. How does what how in the world does this even work out? It's ridiculous. That means a chaplain cannot recite from the Bible or allude to God during public functions. Mike Johnson just did. Canada, less and less. There is no reason to think that this country cannot begin become more and more Canadian when it comes to religious liberties. By the way, speaking of which, let's scoot to London for a moment. It appears that even though the conservatives are currently in charge, the Labour Party is on the surge. And they're actually talking about having a piece of legislation that says if you misgender somebody, you can spend two years in the pokey. No kidding. 
This is from Christian Post. Reports from British news outlets, including the Daily Mail. The UK's Labour Party is considering classifying, misgendering, or using pronouns that match a person's sex, but not their self-declared chosen sexual identity. Jimmy, just to let you know. Yes. I, uh, I, I identify as a world-class tennis player. Oh. And I I identify as somebody who has $50 million in the bank. So I'm going to just, I'll be gone for a few minutes to Truist and inform them (laughs) that I identify as having 50 million. (laughs) It'll be considered an aggravated offense that comes with a prison sentence of up to two years. If they're voted in, that, that could become a reality. By the way, J.K. Rowling, oh, this just hurts a little bit. She's being so consistently bold, standing against this nonsense, which really erases feminism, rightly understood. Anything feminine, femininity, she's adamant. Quote, I'll happily do two years if the alternative is compelled speech and forced denial of the reality of importance and sex. Bring on the court case. It will be more fun than I've ever had on a red carpet. Oh, oh, slamming. See you on the inside. I quite fancy the kitchens. (sighs) Hoping for the library, obviously. While contending, I think I could do okay in the kitchens. That's J.K. Rowling. Wish she had written better books, but there's an individual who's being brave. Where are the men in this battle? Nevertheless, As we look around our globe, we see increased darkness, and it has pervaded political circles. We right now have a man who's going to be a light, Representative Mike Johnson. Needless to say, the darkness ain't happy. And we really do need to be praying for this man and all other believers in authority. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. In Iceland, thousands of women recently walked off the job in protest, demanding equal pay and an end to harassment in the workplace. Now, I'm all for equal treatment, but this seems like nothing more than virtue signaling. I mean, it accomplishes very little, not to mention the damage, the economic damage from shutting down workplaces. I don't think these are the channels that you go through to enact change. And in lighter news, it seems young people today are actually requesting, get this, less sexual scenes and nudity in entertainment. A new study found that a majority of Gen Z prefers movies and shows with little to no sexual content. Good for them. Surprising, but encouraging. Especially with how oversaturated pop culture has become with this type of entertainment. Maybe the younger generation is realizing that, uh, you know, restraint has a place after all. Shifting gears in a heated debate over school safety, a controversial proposal making the rounds in the state of Georgia would pay teachers a $10,000 stipend to carry firearms in the classroom. Supporters say it's necessary for protection. Critics argue more guns in schools creates more risks. And you know what? I see the points of both sides. It's a complex issue. And rest assured, there's going to be a lot more debate and a lot more discussion before this is finalized. 
Well, tensions continue in the Middle East, where Israel takes diplomatic action following controversial remarks by the UN Secretary General. After the UN head appeared to justify the Hamas attacks, Israel canceled visas for UN staff in Gaza. It was a bold move, but Israel feels the UN is biased against them. That following reports that Hamas militants trained in Iran before initiating the latest conflict. The region remains on edge as violence threatens the lives of countless innocent people on all sides. And here in America, in Washington, a symbolic vote exposed some cracks in support for Israel among Democrats. A House resolution supporting Israel and condemning Hamas passed overwhelmingly, but nine Democrats and one Republican voted against it, highlighting a divide within the party on Middle East policy. That's interesting, and it does bear some attention ahead of an election year. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 1906. The Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California, launches Pentecostalism and paves the way for the development of the modern charismatic movement. Pentecostalism is marked by a focus on supernatural gifts such as healing and speaking in tongues. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And what about praying for these guys? This is Wretched Radio. We are commanded to pray, commanded to pray for our political leaders, those who are in authority. But there's another group of individuals that exercise authority over us. Now, we should be praying for like a nobody's business, may I ask? When was the last time you lifted up your pastor and elders and asked the Lord to grant them wisdom, that they would be encouraged, that their homes would have peace, that their finances wouldn't be stretched, that they wouldn't find themselves in divisive arguments over non-biblical issues? Maybe it's time for us to start. It would appear, according to all LifeWay polls, and that's a lot of polls, (laughs) according to LifeWay poll. By the way, I just read a LifeWay poll (laughs) that said 52% of Protestants, now that's all Protestants, believe that if you give money to your church or to a charity, God will return the favor and double your investment or give you more back. In other words, the prosperity gospel is is being really promulgated even inside of evangelical circles, a give to get, a quid pro quo sort of giving system. Well, okay, in a sense it is, we give because we've been given. We don't give to get more stuff. We give because it's all been given to us. And it is from the heart, not because we want God to increase our finances, by, if you will, giving him a little loan. Nevertheless, the prosperity gospel, 52% of Protestants buy into it in some way, shape, or form. Does God bless those who give? Yeah, yeah, yes, he does. Is it a guarantee you're going to get it back in cash? Absolutely not. He could bless in other ways, like giving you joy in giving sacrificially. Oh, That would be him giving us something in return, wouldn't it? But it's not necessarily financial. Could it be? Sure. But God isn't a vending machine. He's he's not a one-armed bandit where you put in enough coins and boom, jackpot, out come the coins. 
No, God will dispense gifts to us as he sees fit. So give from the heart with no expectation of getting cash back. What a what a what a thing to do. I mean, imagine let's somebody gave you a gift at Christmas. Oh, how not look at that. You gave me a toaster. Yeah. I did, because I'm kinda hoping you'll give me an oven. What? Why why'd you give me the toaster? Just so you I'll give you an oven in return. Turn? That doesn't even seem fair, nor is it biblical. A Lifeway, 52% Lifeway, also identifying that pastors, they're, they are, um, I don't recall a season where pastors have felt more beleaguered than they currently do for so many reasons. One of the, the chief of which, in my opinion, is the consumer mentality that we all possess, we, we just have it. You cannot think for a second, as godly as you attempt to be, and you should be attempting, we are so baked in our culture that people are petitioning us by it, and we can just wave a hand. I don't wish to purchase that. I don't need your sample, person in the mall. We're, we're consumers by mindset. In fact, I was even thinking about this on the drive-in today. I've heard people from some countries say the, the, the traffic laws in America are fascinating because people obey them pretty much no matter what. Now, we, we know that, obviously, we've got ticket writing going on. But as a rule, and, and, and th- this foreigner said, you pull up to a red light at 2 o'clock in the morning. Nobody is around. New Americans just sit there at the light. We would never do that in our country. No, I'm not saying the country because this is an anecdote, but we have we have lines here and you stay within the lines. If there's a red stop sign, you stop or mostly stop and you know kind of roll through. That that affects us. That affects us. Little things like that get into us where we recognize that there are just certain ways of doing things because that's the way that it's done. Whether it's right or wrong, we're cooked in that. And right now, you and I are cooked in a consumer mindset where we are the one in the driver's seat. We're the one who gets to determine if this is my preference or not. Now, that is just fine when it comes to merchandise, but it is absolutely wrong when it comes to church. No, I'm not saying there's never a time to say adieu to a church. But maybe, just maybe, we're all too quick to vamoose. And how much pressure must a pastor feel when he looks out and realizes all of these people these days just, see ya, out of here, not willing to commit. And even if I am, I'm just gone from here. That's just one pressure that they're feeling. The issues of the day, which are also the issues du jour, they are, they're finding themselves holding together groups of people that have different opinions on different issues. Okay, here, here's one for instance. Now, you and I can discuss this. We can talk about this. A pastor actually has to deal with it. He very likely has people in his congregation who are abolitionists when it comes to the life issue. Now, 
all of us who are pro-life are abolitionists. I'm talking about the abolitionist movement that says any sort of legislation that is not total, complete, and obliterates abortion forever is not acceptable. You have other people inside of the same church who are incrementalists who would say, hey, look, it ain't ideal, but if it saves babies' lives, I'm all for it. But I happen to be in that camp. Now, that's, that's two people who agree on the life issue but have a different take on how we're supposed to go about the business of saying adios to abortion forever. And the pastor is in the middle of that, sometimes at the same picnic, maybe sitting at the same bench. You got this guy and you got that guy. And there he is. And he knows if he sides with one, the other one's going to be perturbed. Might just leave. Go find a pastor who is more in alignment with the way that I view the issue. So he's increasingly, because of our acrimonious environment in this country, it's inside the church too. Again, we bring that in. We just bring it in. And maybe just maybe our pastors are feeling the weight of that more than ever. It sure does appear if Lifeway has any sort of valid revelation for us, pastors are struggling. Not to mention courtesy of Chuck Lawless, 10 ways the enemy attacks church leaders. Need to be aware, Satan isn't nuts about your pastor. If he's a Bible preaching pastor, the devil doesn't like him. Now, Satan himself might not be aware of your pastor, but demons are. I think think the demonic realm, it's more zone coverage, but they certainly are aware of good pastors. Here's how the enemy attacks your church leaders. By encouraging them to live in self-reliance, a leader, a guy who's strong, can very quickly think, I got this. Uh Uh-oh, he's vulnerable. The devil can distract leaders from their devotional life. Busy, 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 doing ministry, ministry, ministry. And the devil loves it. And don't think that demons don't try to distract your pastor from feeding his own soul. Destroying the leader's family, enticing leaders into email relationships. In other words, your pastor not only is facing the issues of the church, he's he's facing his own flesh. And he's facing demonic activity. It is real. I know that sounds so Neanderthalic that we even think about anything like demon possession or demonic influence. What Bible verse says it's stopped? Everything points toward there's a lot of activity going on. Drawing leaders into ongoing sin. Focusing leaders on their kingdom. It's their church. Isolating leaders in loneliness. That's going on a ton right now. Your your, your pastor is facing that. And by the way, your pastor, he cannot unburden himself with, with anybody. And very rare that a pastor can confide in somebody and say, here's what I'm feeling these days. I'm dealing, I'm struggling with this. This is going on in my family. This is the issue that's happening inside of the elder meeting. Can't do it. Can't trust anybody. Or it, it, it'll, it'll appear that he's weak. And so the guy carries all of these burdens and he becomes isolated. That ain't good. Devils, demons, spiritual forces divert a leader's attention away from evangelism. Encourage leaders to live by comparison, convincing a leader that failure won't happen to him. And we could probably go on. 
and list a thousand different ways that your pastor is under assault. And maybe just maybe, um, we all want healthy churches, don't we? Maybe we'd be wise to start praying for the head so that the rest of the body is healthy. And just like we want to be lifting up leaders in authority, praying for godly rule so that we can rejoice, maybe we need to do that for our elders in authority. Has it been a while? This is Wretched Radio. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby baby in the womb, when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat, would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer, just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for, because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face to face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. No, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenges we all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you, and it will empower you to help others, too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's Court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats, they get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teaches us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the True Vine, 
The Old Testament describes Israel as a vine planted in the desert. Jesus is the true vine, and those who trust in Him are grafted in to receive life and nourishment from Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Um, second thought, this is Wretched Radio. Not only should we be praying for those in authority in our churches, pastors, elders, don't forget about the dude down the hall called the youth pastor. Heard it recommended somewhat recently that youth should not be leading the youth, that youth pastors shouldn't be the young guys. Why? Because older guys have more wisdom and they know what the Christian life is like more than a guy who's 24. Might not be as hip, might not be as groovy. Hopefully he isn't, but he knows more. And maybe rather than having the novice lead our youth in youth groups, maybe it's wiser to have an old dude do the leading. By the way, need to let you know, Road Trip to Truth Season 4. It's going to be coming out about a week, give or take. It's really good. Super excited about Road Trip to Truth Season 4. We tackle critical race theory. Your kids need to know about it. We do tackle the subject of racism, sin, true repentance, heaven, hell. So it's theological, it's cultural issues, marriage, genders, all of that in Road Trip to Truth Season 4, which you cannot get now for your youth group, but you'll be able to soon. It's in November 1st, right, Jimmy? I think so. I think so, but don't quote me on it. I think I think that's the release date for it. Don't forget it has a study guide. Youth groups, I'm telling you, road trip to truth is like putting the paddles on somebody who's defibbing, defibbing, defibbing. Having a heart attack. Defibrillator. It just it just stopped. Boom! But it just gets the heart going again. The thing lights up the kids because it's talking about the stuff that they're talking about, they're hearing about, and they're pondering. Uh, hopefully, uh, you'll dig Road Trip to Truth season four. And I got to tell you, transformed. Whew, season three is going to be a pistol. Eating disorders, as the world calls them. Bible has another descriptor that's oh so helpful. You're going to see it. Self-harm. You're going to see people who struggle with it. There's a fellow. Boy, this was just so, so cool. When we see Christians do benevolent things, altruistic things, they just want people to benefit, even though it might be a little embarrassing. I can't think of anybody who has been on Transformed, our biblical counseling show, who hasn't said, I sure hope this will help somebody else too. They 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 do it because they, they want others to get the Bible applied to whatever their issue is. R- Ralph, talk about a likable fellow, lying. He admitted that he's been a liar his whole life, and he wants to stop. Uh-oh, Jimmy? Yes? Do you think maybe he was lying about that? <laughs> well, then we, how do you, but the thing, he admitted he just deceives. The reason was was unknown to him. He just did it and did it and did it and did it. And Dr. Greg Gifford tried to get in there with questions to probe and figure out what is motivating this self-interest. Well, it turns out it's, it, it's self-interest, but Ralph being vulnerable to expose himself as being a liar because he wants to get help. 
and he wants others to be helped too. It's going to be an amazing season. That one's not coming out till next year. Road Trip to Truth, however, season four will be coming out hopefully soon. Headline from Religion News. How the teen mental health crisis is turning some youth pastors into first responders. Oh, maybe another reason to perhaps put a little more attention on what's going on down the hall. A lot of young people are expressing they're struggling. And who, to whom do they go? Well, they maybe go to the whoever the mental health professional is at the public school, but they're going to their pastors. Kids, more than 60% saying they don't trust the adults in their lives enough to talk to them about mental health issues. That's rough. That's a drag. That's, by the way, that's a problem. And if, if you are a youth pastor, would you please be encouraging your youth to actually submit to their parents and trust them? That would be a good thing. That would be a helpful thing. Because I'm sure that there are some parents who aren't trustworthy. But 60%? Seriously? That's a lot of Christian parents that apparently aren't trustworthy. Or is it more that young people, having heard the siren song of society that says, shun parental authority, they're toxic, they bought into that and they won't talk to their parents. Having said that, mom and dad, it sure is noteworthy that maybe just maybe we need to ask ourselves the question, am I doing anything that would keep my kid from wanting to talk to me about this issue? Had this conversation recently with, with, with a fellow who was wrestling with, when do you tell the kids stuff, the stuff that's going on in culture? And unfortunately, it's increasingly younger because kids are exposed to that. And, and we, we kind of wrangled with, okay, so let's say our kid hears about something. We'd rather they didn't get ahead of the game. You be a, be ahead of that. Hey, you're going to be hearing about stuff on your social media, which hopefully you have filtered. By the way, hold that thought for a moment. I've got a thing. Yep, I got it right here. Mom and Dan, uh, if you're if your your young person in your home has unfettered access to the internet, raw setting them up for failure. Was reading this in oh this was. This is called the porn talk, nine ways parents can lead children. And one of them was putting up protections. I thought this might be helpful for you. This author said, we have six layers of protection to slow the flow of smut into our home. A friend set up a DNS filter. A DNS filter? I do not. Do not, do not send nasty stuff to my kid. Filter to protect our family's Wi-Fi. From explicit material, parental controls are set on all devices. We remove the internet browser from our smart TV and gaming system. I it could be it could be speaking Japanese. I I would understand that maybe better than this, but maybe this resonates with you. We installed monitoring and filtering software on all devices. They use ClearPlay on every movie that they watch. Passwords are required for all of our children to download apps on their devices. That's That I get. They can't just download anything. You may also need to set reminders to check your children's devices and usage regularly. As your kids become increasingly tech savvy, ask them to help you protect their hearts from sin. Ask them to show you how they would get around protections you've set up and how to make them better. 
going to take some work, but that's what parents should be doing. We don't want to only set up rules and guardrails. We want to do it together as we deepen our love for God and each other. Hopefully that is of help to you because your kids are seeing that stuff. And they're, they're going to see it. You think they're not. They're going to. Even with all of those protections, they're going to see it. They're going to hear about it. There's going to be talk about it. Get in front of it. Even if your child hasn't gone through puberty, there's still a sensitive and thoughtful way to talk about adult issues without getting into any details. You're going to start feeling some things. You're going to start experiencing some things. You're going to, believe it or not, start being attracted uh, to individuals of the opposite gender. You need to know that's, that's really normal. When that happens, oh, I'd love to talk to you about that. I went through that. Mom went through that. Everybody goes through that. Let's, when that happens, let's talk about it, okay? And you've paved the way for conversations to happen. Right now, 60% of kids don't think that they can have those conversations. But clergy and others who work with young people in faith-based settings say the problem they face more often is not having answers for the kids who come to them. Raw. Is your youth pastor equipped to deal with these things? What was, Jimmy, that article that we read the other day about this? The, it was some interfaith association talking about that there shouldn't be chaplains. I can't remember what state it was. Chaplains shouldn't be allowed in school in Texas. Uh, it was in Texas. Chaplains shouldn't be allowed in school because they don't know how to help kids with their issues. Oh, really? And psychiatrists and psychologists do. They cannot cite one, not a single healing from any emotional issues that they have tried to counsel a person through. Now, one. So get your youth pastor equipped. Youth pastor, be equipped. They're coming to them in droves and they're looking for help. They're, they're dealing with it's, it's not and it's not just the sexual stuff. It's relational stuff. These from Transform, that young lady. Well, you're you're gonna know her name, Emily. Totally delightful young lady. Cuts herself to 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 feel a release from the emotional pain because she's listened to the world inform her she's stupid, ugly, not good enough, not pretty enough, not funny enough, and the internal pain is so awful, she finds relief by cutting herself. And the youth pastors are dealing with that. We need to be praying for youth pastors too. We need to be equipping them. We need to be asking them, hey, let's talk about how equipped you are to deal with these issues. What are you going to do when a kid who cuts him or herself comes to you? Now, what, 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 what reporting mechanisms do we have in place for, for somebody who is suicidal? What are we going to do if somebody confesses something that was criminal? Are our youth pastors equipped and are we praying for them? Until tomorrow, go serve your king.